0: welcome to viable magic podcast this podcast gives a voice to credible
1: people with inspiring experiences on healing and finding viable magic in everyday life
0: i'm christina i'm a psychic medium a quantum reiki grandmaster and sound healer
1: i'm perry i am an intuitive reiki healer and plant medicine enthusiast
2: welcome
1: back to viable magic i'm
0: perry i'm christina
1: And this is one of my best friends and favorite people, Brian. Hi, how are you? (laughs) (laughs) So Brian actually works at a cannabis dispensary. He's quite high up in the chain. So then we just really want to clear all of that up with somebody who actually knows what they're talking about.
3: Yeah, hopefully I can help clear some things up for sure. How is Alabama's, like, medical laws right now, though? Sorry to, like, already start with this, with a question for me, but... I...
0: Um, as far as I'm aware of, um, I should have done my research, but I didn't. <laughs> um, all I know is I think that, like, in 2015, they finally legalized medical. Um, I don't know if they extracted the THC from it or not. Mm. So, so, that's the only thing.
3: It's, like, probably... So there's no dispensaries, there's no mm-hmm. like medical dispensaries or anything like that. Not so that I'm like, aware of. Yeah, it's probably just legal, but no access.
0: Yeah. I do know that we have some um there's a couple of shops, like the C uh CBD American Shaman shop here. They have THC in some of their products.
3: Yeah, it's probably like THC, like the Delta Nine stuff. Yeah. It's hemp derived.
0: Yeah. I wanted to ask you about
1: that, because moving down here, it was kind (laughs) of a culture shock. I'm very used to walking into a dispensary and just being like, Brian, what do I need? Um, (laughs) So I can't do that here. And walking in and seeing the Delta 8 and the Delta 9, I was very intimidated. And I still don't really know what any of that means.
3: Um, In my opinion, you should stay away from it. There's no... control. This is funny for me because you know how I am about like free market and everything. There's no regulation to it. And unfortunately, that stuff's it's like we call it gas station weed. It's like you have no idea where it's coming from, what it is, what it's sprayed with, what it's treated with, all that stuff. And but what it is is that the delta THCs are a hemp derived, and they there's chemistry involved. Like it's a chemical derived simulated THC that They're trying to say it comes from hemp. Um, But I would kind of try and steer clear of that stuff. Like hemp drive CBD is safe. um, As long as it's like trusted sources, like good companies. Um, I don't know what it's so regional because you can't cross state lines with anything. So like what brands you guys would have down there that could be trusted are different than like what we have up here that could be trusted. What do we look for? What qualifies somebody Um, as trustable? Test data, um, which you're not going to have down there because there's no labs because there's no legal market. So unfortunately, like the gray market, as beautiful as gray markets can be, sometimes they also there's a dark side to it that I think is really being exploited with that stuff.
0: Yeah. Um, I've been the, hearing that a lot right now. It's being laced with all kinds of stuff.
3: Yeah. I mean, just, they're, they're just trying to make, and it's, it's more like not a therapeutic thing. They're just like, oh, this gets you high, like weed. So it doesn't have like all the cannabinoids and stuff like that in terms that like actual cannabis may have and the actual like beneficial therapeutic side of things. Yeah. It has CBD might have CBN or something in it, but nothing more than that you know um so be careful with that stuff
1: so it really yeah. is safer to buy from the guy in the back <laughs> alley who grew it. Himself?
3: I, I mean <laughs> it's the in an illegal environment the safest thing to do is grow your own and just be sneaky <laughs> not that I'm advocating breaking any laws
2: <laughs> but,
3: but like it's a plant it grows pretty easy so get some live soil, put some seeds in it, you know. Even, even like, poorly grown, homegrown that you grew yourself is better than something you have no idea. So that's that's my thought process on that. So it
1: would be a lot safer if we just legalized it here. Because people aren't going to yeah. stop smoking weed. They're no. not going to stop smoking yeah. this whatever mystery gas station stuff is.
3: No, it's like, you could buy like the spice in gas stations back in the day. And that was completely fine. And people were like, oh, it's a synthetic weed. And it's like, no, it's not.
2: But (laughs) like,
3: don't do that. And yeah, legalization obviously drastically lowers the risk factors because everything is lab tested. There is a lot of protocols. And even it pushes the black market in those legal places because now like the people even here who were like, underground growers and pretty good and didn't want to go legitimate like they still have to produce a quality product because everybody is so educated now up here it was funny somebody was just i had had seen on instagram this morning somebody talking about um how uh saint patrick's day in boston just wasn't the same the past few years like it's not as rowdy there's no people throwing up on the streets and everybody's like it's because of legalization, and people would rather just like eat some edibles and chill and relax. <laughs> Nobody wants to go out and get hammered, drunk, and throw up in the streets of Southie anymore. And there it's like know. really changed the culture here. Oh. Like people are kind of more laid back a little bit, and it's not. You can see like a shift from a drinking culture too. I
0: love
3: that. Yeah, it's it's definitely better.
0: How does it compare to Amsterdam?
3: Uh, it's just totally different. Like that—that's like Amsterdam. As much as everybody says is like completely free, it's still like very controlled, and like you have to be in the cafes. You have to consume in the cafes. The the cannabis capital of the is the United States. Like whether it's California or Oregon or Colorado or uh, even Maine nowadays is insane. But like that's really where you just see the complete free market. Like west coast is totally different there's dispensaries everywhere which a lot of people argue against because the anti-cannabis people are like they don't want to see that like on every corner which fine and mass it's totally different it's all everywhere it's not it is everywhere like every but there's some towns that don't have dispensaries but you don't it doesn't scream dispensary when you drive by it it's a very low profile we have very strict advertising rules of like colors we can use to advertise you can't use like bright neons anything that would attract kids no cartoony stuff whereas like on the west coast it's not like that like it's it's wild out there
0: wow so So for anybody who's like brand new and they want to understand it a little bit more Mm -hmm. um, let's go ahead and talk about like the different types of cannabis and like how they can like benefit you
3: so there's different types of cannabis. There's different methods of consumption. There's, I mean, there's so much out there these days. Um, we'll break it down. I'll start just with like straight up flower. Like we call it flower. Just the buds, like you're used to, like if you buy weeds, looks like that. Just green buds. Um, and you either smoke that out of uh, vaporizers, which is the safest way they have dry herb vaporizers that, you're not inhaling smoke it's a vapor um then you know typical smoking joints smoking a bowl stuff like that so that's flour that's how you would consume that this is kind of the root of everything everything is derived from this anyways um so if you're just talking about flour you often hear people talk about indica sativa hybrid um those are really if you go into a dispensary or you talk to somebody who's selling you that's what they're going to ask you they're going to be like do you um want indica steve or hybrid so what's um, the
0: difference between the two
3: um so this is where there is so much there so i i am of the school that like it's being advertised wrong and we shouldn't even be asking people that question Uh, but it'll just get really confusing if I get into that. So we're going to go on the basics. The true difference is the shape of the leaves. Um, Indicas have a broad leaf, sativas have a narrow leaf. The way the industry speaks of it is an indica is generally more sedating, sativas are more uplifting, um, and a hybrid is somewhere in between. Um, What causes it to do that is the terpenes in each Plant itself, that is truly what designates it an in indicar sativa these days. So, so
2: every, what's a terpene?
3: yeah, I'm going to explain that. So, every single plant has terpenes in it. That's what gives you the smell of lemons, the smell of like smells and tastes come from these oils called terpenes, and they're naturally produced in every plant. So, that's why, like, some cannabis, if you smell it in the bag, you're like, oh my God, that smells like lemon or pine that's the terpene that gives that smell the terpene also gives a lot of the effect of the cannabis so like stuff that's very lemony is um is the terpene name and that's more uplifting generally um pinene same thing pinene has a very piney smell um and is uplifting but also like if you have anxiety issues you should kind of If it smells like pine, it's probably not great for you (laughs)
2: um,
3: because it can elevate anxiety. Not for everybody, but for some people. Um, Then there's like, so I could list all of them, but there's literally just just so many different terpenes. There's The main ones in cannabis are like Myrcene, Linolol, carophylline, Pinene, Limonene, and a few others. And they all just give different effects. So the terpene kind of that—that's where this all gets confusing, and is why they're just like, do you need a sativa and indica or a hybrid, and we give you what has that terpene in it. So, um, if it's a good bud tender, you know. So there is like even in the industry, there's people who, you know, just sell what they like and they don't bother to educate themselves with everything. But if it's a good dispensary, all their employees should be pretty dialed in
1: that's why uh, yeah was always my favorite because you'd be like this one is for the morning this one's for at night this yeah. one's for that day this is if you get anxious mm. i just was like okay
2: <laughs> and
3: it, it gets a little bit easier so like buying flour and concentrates can be intimidating for people the edible market in the legal world has really started catering to people who you know you may not understand so like this edible tells you it's like for bedtime and it has cbn in it it has you know because cbn really helps you stay asleep that's one of the i take cbn gummies every night before bed and it keeps me asleep doesn't just put you to sleep it keeps you asleep so just like when you hear thc cbd there's a bunch of other those are called cannabinoids and those also are how you get affected by it. So there's like CBD, CBG is a big one which helps with nerve pain and sleep as well. CBN, which I find has tremendous help for sleep. It's amazing. Um, THCV, which has been now getting kind of shown to help regulate blood sugars and digestion issues. And also is a minor appetite suppressant for people who Suffer from getting the munchies when they smoke.
1: Is that a Durban um, poison?
3: Um, I don't well, it would be that's more dependent on if it how it's grown. So
1: because I feel like that's a strain that would have almost like an Adderall effect on me when I'd smoke. Um,
3: yeah. So that that's pining like 100 percent And a lot of the sativas you will find don't give you the munchies as much. The terps will do that. Um, indicas are definitely like. I just want to eat everything in front of me and sit on my couch and relax, but it helps a ton with pain, anxiety, sleep. Um, whereas most tevas, you can just you can get stuff done, you can work, you know, and it keeps you kind of helps me a lot. With, like I have severe ADHD, have my whole life. Um, there's a lot of strains that like really just get me dialed in, like. Blue dream is one of, and it's, it's funny. Cause it's like the strain I hate the most just because it was so overgrown and flooded the market for years. And there's so much crappy blue dream out there um, just all over the country, <laughs> but there is some, it has really good benefits too. For me, keeps me super focused, which is funny. You don't, you normally wouldn't think cannabis and focused, but because the war on drugs did a number on making us yeah. all think it may, making us all think it makes you an idiot instantly <laughs> <laughs> so but like um there's one i actually was looking earlier because i knew i was going to talk to you guys i got to just try and uh where was it one oh yeah cbc because i i this was a new one i've been seeing a lot of stuff getting cbc put in it and um that's the one they're talking about like helps with memory and like is actually shown to rebuild brain cells and stuff like that. So it's it's wow. interesting stuff. Um, you know, people with neurological disorders and everything like that, it's been helping pretty good with.
0: So is that the uh, one for um, epilepsy that I've been seeing?
3: Um, yeah, CB, CBC, um, well, CBN is really good for that as well as, um, Epilepsy CBD for years was like you had Charlotte's Web, which was mm-hmm. um, strain specifically developed for a, a young girl, essentially. And she was, had I, I don't know all the numbers off the top of my head. There's actually a few documentaries about her and her parents and the struggle they went through because of not being legal and not having access And then the parents almost getting arrested at some point for providing this syrup to their daughter. But she went from like having, it was a crazy amount of seizures, like seven or eight a day to like years seizure-free with just this. And um, there's quite a few documentaries about her out there. And the, the, the name of the strain is Charlotte's Web and it was actually named after her. I have a friend who lived in Canada and this was, I previously had worked in the defense industry in a different lifetime. um, And I had known him then and he, and I had always been a cannabis enthusiast and very outspoken about it, even in a world where I shouldn't have been. (laughs) And like people knew that, like I was kind of the guy to go to, to talk about that seriously. And um, he had a daughter and she was having a ton of seizures and we, we got talking about it. And I was like, oh, we're going to try the Charlotte's web. And he lived in Canada at the time. And it was prior to Canada's legalization. And like, then it was right in the time period that it was going to legalize. And he ended up able to like get this and it has helped his daughter tremendously. She She's doing amazing. And it's just, it's actually really cool to see something like that. Um, and that was a uh, cannabis, like a, a non-hemp derived, so it was actual cannabis, but the CBD is extracted from that. I think I don't know if it's just in my head. The potency seems different to me. It 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 has always worked like cannabis derived CBD has always worked better for me than like hemp derived. Um, so and it's they they grew this strain so that it was very low THC, very high CBD. So that like it wouldn't get you high because the THC is the psychoactive chemical. The CBD is non-psychoactive. So it doesn't get you high. It's just anti-inflammatory and a whole lot of other things that I don't even feel like I'm educated enough to talk about. So, um, it's super helpful. The, the problem I see is like, again, we've been talking for a few minutes here and I'm throwing all these like CBD, CBG terpenes and all these things are like, people just don't understand and like it's so confusing and i can't wait till we as an industry whole kind of dial in and like a good standard way to explain this to everybody but right
0: now yeah i agree
3: right now the best thing just read a ton and like write notes down there's so much good um info out there like leafly is even really good like you can search by strain name and it'll tell you the terpenes it should have like so even if it isn't something that was lab tested but you grew it at home and you knew like i had seeds from this strain i grew this um this is what it should be you know because um and then you'll know like what strain would be good for you because that's the number one way is like finding out what terp helps you like works best for your body. And one of the great ways to do that, I tell people a lot and is just smell it, like smell the flower. And if it's like your body tells you, like if it's something that like is going to give you anxiety or stress you out, when you smell that bag, you're going to be like, I don't like this. And like, if, if you smell something and you're like, oh my God, this smells amazing. I want this. It's like, that's the stuff your body wants too. <laughs> and that's like how it's all. And that's for me, that's food, anything. Like if you're craving something, if you're craving bananas, you need potassium. If you're craving steak, you need iron. Like your body tells you same goes for weed, smell it. If it smells like you don't like it, don't smoke it, you know?
1: I'll never forget stro- smoking one strain with you, and you're like called GMO, and I was like, "Oh,
3: I love it." GMO's bad. It's my favorite like, strain, it's
1: garlic mushroom and onion. <laughs> <ear. It's like, laughs> it. And it's actually great. <laughs> oh,
3: it is. It's it is literally it, That is my favorite nighttime strain. It's one of my favorite strains <laughs> all time, and it smells so many. It's so offensive to so many people because when <laughs> you smell it in the bag. It just smells like <laughs> garlic and gross and feet. and, But I'm like, for some reason, that's what I
2: love.
0: It's <laughs> <laughs> telling you, uh, you need to clean your system out.
2: Yeah. So go. <laughs>
3: but it is, it is, uh, it's really, really good. Yeah. So um, back to, like I was saying, methods of consumption or whatever, the flour, like we started, is like how everybody started smoking weed nowadays we have like concentrates vapes there's so many discrete ways especially if you're not in quite a legal environment um vapes are a great choice i have like i really like the packs i like the product they're putting in here i was very anti-vape for a long time like you guys have probably seen typical like vape pens like that This one's a little bit more discreet. It's got the sick pen cap, so you can just... That hides right away. (laughs) Um, But I worry about these a lot, especially in illegal states, because there's a lot of black market cartridges out there that will come in boxes with real branding on them of real companies that are fake. And you don't know what's in these. Um, There has been some pretty terrible stuff put in vapes over the years Um, in regulated markets. They are very like that in mass, at least they're very like, they're tested pretty extensively for all the stuff we don't want. Um, So again, trusted brands are really important, but in, in a black market, there's, there's a lot of counterfeits of vapes. So you got to be really careful with that. Um, if it hurts and you're coughing all the time there's probably something not great in it Um, once you do get legalization um, packs will be in your state probably faster than anybody else they're in all the legal states they control everything that goes into their product everything that goes into their cartridges is the same state by state by state Um, they own it they own they source flour from the state because you can't cross state lines still. And then they make hash oil out of it and put it in their cartridges. They do live resin carts. So it's just the cannabis material. There's no additives. There's no nothing else. A lot of the other carts like this is distillate, which is just another type of oil, but um, it's the way it's made. It's distilled and it's just THC. And then they add terpenes into it. I'm not a big fan of it. It kind of gives me a headache sometimes these packs devices are awesome and they're discreet, you know, um, really good. Um, you can get concentrates like you hear people talking about doing dabs and stuff like that, like I a bet. bunch of different concentrates. Um, that's a really good way, honestly, to consume. If you're, you get a, uh, Puffco device and it's so easy, it's electronic. You just put a little bit in and it, it's like having a, the pens. It's the same idea as a pen, except you're controlling the material that you put in so that you don't you don't have to worry about additives and stuff like that. So that's my one big thing with the black market is not knowing what is in everything. As awesome as it can be sometimes. Like I said, I, I'm not totally against gray market, black market, home growers. I actually, most of my favorite, Stuff nowadays is homegrown, so it's just it just tastes better.
1: <laughs> it's grown with love,
3: it really is. It really it's is. Different. It really does.
1: I would know. I talked to my plants for <laughs> them, them and love them. <laughs> like, in that, what is the show? Is it on Discovery Plus? I think, uh, growing Belushi.
3: Oh, I haven't, I it? honestly I haven't even watched it. Which is, and everybody tells me I have to, and I'm like, I I don't know. I I, I had this cop buddy, and he was like, I don't watch cops, and I'm like, I kind of get it now, <laughs> like where I'm not. Um, but yeah, I I will catch it. We had his ice cream for a little while in my yes, store. It was good. And, and he he was actually, I was at Nican this past weekend, which is Northeast Cannabis Convention, and he was actually there. Walking around for his brand. And Montel Williams was there. I don't know if you remember who he is. Oh he was my a talk goodness, I out. have not heard that name.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Montel Long.
3: Williams was there. He has a ton of products out right now because uh he had MS and like found that's like kind of why he went off TV and everything. And he kind of found cannabis to be like super helpful for him. And now he has his whole brand and his own line of. Edibles and flour and everything, so that's pretty cool. He was there. So a lot of really cool products there. There's um, I don't drink, so I'm always there's a lot of really good mocktail alternatives that came out. There was margaritas in a can that were absolutely delicious. I had the regular margarita, the watermelon margarita, and then (laughs) they had like a pineapple habanero margarita, and huh?
2: oh like yeah those the, yummy. the
3: pineapple habanero was amazing because it was like fresh 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 green like habanero it wasn't like the heat from the habaneros it was like the pepper taste and with the sweetness of the pineapple it was amazing the guys did a company's called high tide they did a great job i can't wait till these are like on our shelves because they were they were really good <laughs>
1: You're making me want to go back to Mass to
3: visit. <laughs> <laughs> Those were awesome. There was a lot of other really cool products I saw. Like the people are just putting putting cannabis and everything now. I mean, we had ice cream, hot sauce, barbecue sauce.
2: Oh
3: <laughs> I, I heard some rumors of some ketchup packets and mustard packets coming down the line. There's a uh, a lot of it's it's more than just brownies and and smoking joints now. It's literally everything. A lot of really good tinctures out there for years. I kind of, I kind of wasn't big on tinctures. Um, I guess I hadn't tried the right ones. Like, cause a lot of them just didn't work. Now there's a lot of really good tinctures out there. And that's, that's another thing you can make at home. Like there's tons of good recipes online to make your own tinctures. If you can't smoke, if, if you have lung issues or asthma or whatever, Um, that's a really good way to consume and control your doses.
0: So how do you Uh, know like what dosage you need to have? Because I know everybody reacts different. Everybody's
3: different. Um, Dosing is like one of the biggest issues. You get people who either tell you there's like a few, there's there's like very few people who are like, oh my God, I love edibles. And most of them are like, oh my God, I had this awful time once.
0: (laughs) It's me. (laughs) Or,
3: Or they tell you they don't work at all. So no,
2: they work. Uh, the, uh, <laughs> they work really good. <laughs> uh,
3: they don't work for everybody. There is a small percentage of people that your liver does not have the enzyme to convert the THC. And when you eat it, it just doesn't work. And we run into that every once in a while. But for that, there's Rick Simpson oil, and that works. Um, the to know your dose for uh, since we were talking about edibles, we'll start with edibles are probably one of the hardest things. I, everybody recommends edibles for new people. And I'm just like, I don't know, man, I don't, I don't think it's a great idea. Um, smoking is the easiest way to dose yourself. Uh, take a few hits, wait a few minutes, see how you feel. If you're not there yet, take a few more, you know, keep going and you'll learn. Like I know exactly how much I have to smoke when, and it actually that's it varies too because i find if i'm in a situation where i'm around a lot of people and have to be talking and kind of be on point like if i'm even a little stoned i feel really high but if i'm if i'm just sitting on my couch i feel like i could smoke and smoke and smoke and smoke and i'm like oh i'm i'm fine not until I have to do something do I realize
2: <laughs> that Your I'm house not. Is a trap. <laughs> we'll house sit is around, a trap. <laughs> and then somebody will
1: walk through the door and I'm like, all of a sudden it hits me and I'm like, oh, <laughs>
2: <man."> <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> I was fine
1: until you walked in. What happened? Yeah.
3: <laughs> well, the, worst, the, the best thing is, is like somebody will come in and then the, we'll smoke. Like on the weekends, like a few people will stop by. And, you know, one person shows up, you smoke with them. Then like 20 minutes later, somebody else comes walking in the door and you're like, well, now we got to smoke again (laughs) because they're here now. (laughs) But I'll go back to dosing. Um, So dosing with flour, easy. You know, you just take a few hits. Take your time. Dosing with edibles is where um, it can get interesting. Start low, um, five milligrams. Give it a couple. and, And Learning your dose on edibles isn't something you learn right away because like, I like to, I consider once I take that dose, it's only once. Like if I redose to get higher, that's not telling me anything because it just, it hits different. Um, So my initial, like if you take five milligrams and you wait an hour, generally an hour, some people shorter, some people longer, but generally an hour. For me, it's about 45 minutes. Um, I know it now, again, in the legal market, there's stuff that's what's called nano emulsified and that kicks in in 15 minutes. That I think is what you're going to see a lot of edibles switching to because of the fact that dosing with edibles, you know, people eat something. And then an hour later, they're like, I didn't feel anything, but like, if they had waited another two minutes, (laughs) (laughs) they would have felt it. And once you eat it, it's already too late. So um start with five milligrams see how that makes you feel that day you know if that time it wasn't enough for you next time take 10 um you can after if that five did nothing take another five or take another but everybody says five milligrams is a really low dose which which it is i mean if you eat edibles all the time it sure is but i've seen five milligrams be a terrifying dose for some people too so like
1: you can name me um, <laughs> i have to uh,
3: say that'll uh, probably be uh, yeah. parry's not great <laughs> not great with edibles i'm trying to see hold on one second let me i have another good option even lower dose stuff hold on i ripped out my headphones my sister loves like she doesn't like like a full five milligram edible these are like little skittles and they're two and a half milligrams each so you can really like oh I'm gonna lose you I don't hear anything now. Okay, Okay, I'm good. (laughs) That's my fault. Um, could you hear me? Yeah, yeah, you're good. All right, good, good. Um, yeah, so they're like they're literally Skittles that are two and a half milligrams each. Um, anything again down there that you're getting right now is probably you're gonna see like in the black market is like a lot of sprayed edibles. Um they buy regular candy then you mix um concentrate dissolute like i said that's in the vape pens the same stuff that's in the vape pens you mix that with isopropyl alcohol um and so it's a liquid and then they put it in like a paint sprayer and they'll spray all the gummies with it and then the isopropyl alcohol there's it's not like it's not a dangerous the isopropyl alcohol evaporates off and Or they'll use Everclear. A lot of people use that. Like just pure alcohol that vaporizes off and it leaves the dissolute stuck to the edible. Mm -hmm. Um, That's like the way, it's the easiest way to do it. So that's what most black market edibles are. The only problem with it is you never really know the dose. Um, They buy that packaging. Everybody talks about like Wonka bars or the Mm -hmm. Stony Patch Kids. Those are all black market brands that it's literally packaging you can buy online and they make their own edibles and fill the packaging so whatever is printed on that bag doesn't mean anything because it's not the person who made it it's not tested like i said you don't know they have a general idea but it's not it's not close so on black market edibles it's really hard to do homemade edibles there's a formula to like figure out how many milligrams are in everything that's all really safe but is that you always just start Start really low and then just work your way up. Um, If it's too much and you start freaking out and having a panic attack, grab some peppercorns out of your pantry and start chewing on peppercorns. Um, Also, CBD will get rid of the intrusive thoughts part. (laughs) So, like, if you're ever spinning inside your own head because you've consumed too much THC... um, take a little i i keep some just like straight cbd gummies um a lot of times we'll be out at events or whatever and you're just you're just consuming a lot so even i get you know you start i get home and i'm just sitting in bed and i'm like oh man thinking about stuff i did in third grade you know (laughs) it's like weirdo intrusive thoughts that i never have you know and uh if you take like a couple cbd gummies the cbd binds to the same receptors as the thc but kind of in a different spot. And it just mellows it all out. It gets rid of like the intrusive thoughts and you just pretty much fall asleep. Um, But chewing peppercorns also works really good because, again, I talked about terpenes earlier. Um, Terpenes that help alleviate anxiety are found in peppercorns are the same that are found in like... Like you'll smell some cannabis that is like smells very... um, like pepper and that those are strains that'll alleviate anxiety like if it smells like pepper in the bag it's going to help with your anxiety so on the same note chew some peppercorns
0: good to know that's so fascinating yeah. I, had no idea. I wish yeah. i would have known that the last time i had some.
3: <laughs> um, <laughs> also if you're like too high drink a milkshake that helps um, just the fat for some reason just kind of mellows it out a little bit Um, so that's if you dose too much the only thing that's really hard to figure out your dosing with is edibles Um, and like i said just low and slow start out easy you may not get high the first time but it's way better than the alternative Um, and also like if you kind of have a gauge of knowing what being stoned feels like i think some people think it's going to be depending on their age too because like people who were like hardcore grew up in the 80s drug war being told that like like seeing these commercials with like people laying on the ground and him being like he smoked marijuana and it's like it's not like that so they have like their expectation is really high for how messed up you're going to feel <laughs> so they like they get like this little relaxed feeling and they're like oh that's not it i just need to keep going when you didn't you were there <laughs> that's it it's not this it's not this crazy thing so like i like alcohol makes me feel more messed up <laughs> so yeah and it, if they're chasing that they're not you're not going to have a good time
0: that's <laughs> no, totally different for sure
3: mm. very much so
1: I picture the commercials of people just like melted into the couch and the dogs just sitting at them pout- sitting there staring yeah. and pouting and they're like, This is what marijuana does to your life.
3: I remember that commercial and I was like, dude, I hope so. I like, that guy, that guy looks comfy. <laughs> no, no, um it, it was a weird time. It, it's so funny how quickly society switched too, because it was a weird and now I work with a lot of kids who are like 21 to 23, and they just have like no fear of. They're like, it's just weed, like it's not illegal. And I'm still like, oh man, I got I got weed in my car. I got to get home because <laughs> you know? like if I get pulled over, and they're like, what? Because they ne- there was no repercussions in their whole like growing up. It was never illegal in mass for them. So because our medical was, uh, God that was 10 15 years yeah 10 years ago probably medical i want to say um i could be totally i have my original med card in my wallet that would have the i have because i got it the day you could get them i got mine um, too i want
2: to say
1: 2013
3: 2014 uh, before that was it yeah
1: um for a year before i went and got my
3: yeah so so it was 2012 i think Okay. I, I should know this, but I don't. Um, but even before that, like around, I want to say it was like 98 or 99, they like really decriminalized it in Massachusetts to the point where if you had, you could have an eighth, like 3.5 grams um, and not get anything. Like that was fine. It wasn't a ticket. It was nothing. They just let you go and like you got to keep it so once they did that nobody cared anymore oh no you could have an ounce that's what it was it was up to an ounce anything over an ounce they could arrest you but anything under that they just let you go so even when it wasn't legal it still kind of was just because the laws weren't like super super strict and i actually loved it when i was like that i was younger and it was just I, I, like I said, that's why hearing me talk about, like, oh, I like the regulation is so hilarious now because it does make sense. But it was also, there was something interesting about that weird gray market years, too, prior to legalization. <laughs> that was fun and interesting. Um,
0: so, what are some myths um, that from like the political campaigns that are just totally not true about cannabis?
3: So one of my favorite ones that I learned, and I forget, I forget who I heard about this from, and then I ended up looking into it, and it was a hundred percent correct. Was and this goes back to like the early eighties war on drugs when they like
2: mm-hmm. they're
3: like weed makes you stupid, like it kills yeah. brain cells, and they're like it we we lab tested it that it kills brain cells. But like the way they went about that was they put monkeys in like these helmets and then pumped a bunch of smoke into the helmets of uh, cannabis smoke and the monkeys died of smoke inhalation and then when they autopsied them they're like oh there was brain damage well yeah, yeah like there was no oxygen so like if you die from suffocation there's brain damage and that was literally like the, the campaign on it was all like oh that's why it kills brain cells there was so yeah. much misinformation in those early days and then they were like then it was illegal, so you couldn't test anything and, like, actually research this stuff and see what good it had. So um, I also, is like, another, for years, I felt like, um, they're like, oh, there's fentanyl and weed everywhere. There's fentanyl and weed everywhere. So for a while, I was like, dude, that's 100% like some of the big dispensary spreading, like this big multi-state. Because just like every other business, there's, like, the Budweiser's of... And they have their lobbyists and they do all their things, you know? And I was like, that's got to be something like that. And then nowadays, like I had actually talked to somebody who had done nothing but smoke pot and we live here. So like you can, even if you get drug tested, you can some under some circumstances in mass, if you get drug tested, cannabis doesn't matter, you know, for most jobs or anything like that. So if you're positive for that, it still doesn't matter. Uh, because it's legal so he literally is only a cannabis consumer and tested positive for opiates but he was buying like off the street and i was like wow that's that's crazy that was that's the first time it became real to me that like they were actually doing that that's so again cross like contamination. Huh?
1: that's probably cross-contamination though correct because like what type? <laughs> of sick i mean it like would blood have it would be-
3: have to be like what qu- well because like you're thinking about like dudes who sell flour, like who sell flour like we knew that like were connoisseurs and loved it. Like the 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 gray market, black market people we knew were different because like you you knew them from me. These guys were like weed guys.
2: Yeah. <laughs> they, uh, they, they, like, they
3: weren't drug dealers.
2: <laughs>
1: right, right. <laughs> so there's a like, like, huge
3: difference. You gotta find yourself a weed guy or lady that is like they're passionate about it. Even if you're, that's the one piece of black market advice I'll give you find like somebody who just loves it so much that that's all they talk about, you know, like pineapple express that character, that dude, who's like, just come sit and, and smoke this and try this, and try this, that they like really, really love it. They ain't messing They're not messing around with the plant <laughs> because they care too much about it. So that's, that's how you, that's how you find a good product. Down there. Off (laughs)
1: topic, but on topic. You
2: remember
1: telling me what your, you were trying to describe your personal fashion sense. Do you remember telling me what that was?
2: I
3: have no, no, I don't.
1: (laughs) My personal.
3: Oh, oh, no. (laughs) Yes,
1: it was great. And I'll never forget it you're like i want somebody to get off a plane and know not a single soul and be able oh, to look around yes. and look at me and be like that guy smokes good weed
3: that's the guy right there <laughs> that's the guy i need to talk to
1: have you caved to um, got crocs yet
3: no uh, dude listen <laughs> crocs are the worst uh mikey and mandy actually got me a pair of crocs because of how much i bad talked them (laughs) and i said i use them when i'm out when me and mike are out fishing and we take the boat out for loading and unloading the boat at the dock when i gotta get in the water it's great but anything else absolute trash and I have like super sensory issues with my feet, and the little nubs on the bottom drive my feet insane. Never mind the fact that they're ugly as sin and probably the most ridiculous. And you know what else I don't like about them? It it's like PC, you got me started. This is your fault. <laughs>
2: people who are
3: people who like wear crocs make it their freaking personality. Like you, you, you did you get crocs yet? How come <laughs> and they get offended when you don't like crocs? everybody who they're like what you don't like crocs i'm like no they're like what's wrong with you i'm like <laughs> i'm sorry
2: <laughs> I, you I have just to find the, the right game.
0: one that works for you because i have crocs but they don't look like crocs <laughs> and everybody's like no those aren't crocs And i'm like yes they are and they're comfortable and they're cute <laughs> <sighs> my
1: so- crocs are traditional and they have hemp leaves all over them <laughs> and they're the only pair i'll probably ever own
3: <laughs> so um, one of the kids at work has like uh the Yeezy Croc thing, and it's it's hilarious to me because I was a sneakerhead, like I loved I collected shoes. I thought I love Nike too, and I love I understand the high end sneaker collecting, even though some people don't like you think it's ridiculous. I get it, but this kid shows up and knows I'm like, bro, those are eight hundred dollar Crocs that are uglier than Crocs somehow. Oh, like I just don't uh, I you like it's like alien spaceship feet <laughs> they somehow they're like they're like all right we're gonna we're gonna make a foam croc like all right but how can we be different than croc make it fucking uglier <laughs> and they're like whoa 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 have you seen the croc it's pretty ugly i don't know if we can do that and they're like just figure it out And the guy figured it out because he made them way uglier <laughs> than crocs and i didn't think that was possible crocs are great like if you work in a restaurant sure i guess crocs cool like nurses you get blood on your shoes all the time you gotta throw them out cool they're like disposable shoes (laughs) inmates in the shower you know (laughs) get them bright orange crocs but like for everyday respectable people no you shouldn't be wearing crocs that's crazy and like do you wear about public though yeah (sighs) all the time (laughs) No. usually with
1: high socks too so
3: so even oh,
1: yeah you did that a few days ago i commit to the ugly if i'm gonna do ugly i have to like just
3: I mean, listen you it. do i'm not gonna judge anybody for what they want to wear and what makes them happy but but the, the, the problem like i said the problem i have with crocs is you croc wearers trying to force them on me <laughs> when i want nothing to do with the crocs join our cults even when i go out on the boat i wear other shoes to the boat dock and like put my crocs on to load the boat and go out on the boat and then right when we're off the boat again the crocs are off and like because if we have to like go get food afterwards or something i'm not going in a store with those on. that's crazy (laughs) (laughs)
2: you
3: know unless i'm going to that the that 24-hour random walmart at like 2 a.m. The
1: combi's down the street from where you live. Oh, they, also they've seen me well. in some
3: places. <laughs> <laughs> they've seen me at my worst, and and not not yeah, just not doing great. <laughs> 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 they've also seen me doing fantastic. <laughs> I the the staff at a convenience store at the end of my street, um, had the unfortunate existence at the end of my street in a time when I wasn't doing great maybe partying too much and hanging out with people that also like to party too much and we'd all go to that store like whenever we needed stuff they knew us all pretty well and that like 3 (laughs) a.m they knew 3 a.m us and that was just like not human (laughs) so not the
2: best time time.
3: not the best time not the best time but we're past that (laughs) (laughs) now they see me and they're like wow you're awake and it's normal time of day yeah you know going to work (laughs) it's funny how much of like a different lifetime that was because i saw one of our old one of our friends from back in those days and um and i was with somebody from work and i was like so they they know like a totally different guy yeah. <laughs> and and shane was like oh well well we got to introduce them to you and i'm like no i'm not bringing anybody around you <laughs> he's <laughs> like no they need to hear stories i'm like no they don't <laughs> they, they do not <laughs>
1: no i've i've have new friends here like Christina. I'll talk about things. I've got other friends here. nobody can picture it and I'm just like, thank
2: you.
3: <laughs> Listen Terry, nobody could picture it when you were hanging out. <laughs>
2: so I, I have it, pictures <laughs> yeah,
3: I it was more like what are you doing here? <laughs> oh, good times, good times. Um what else? did i have on weed i don't think i do you have any other weed related questions
0: um let's see i've we've got a couple from some people that were asking earlier yeah um yeah we've got some like the uh the stigma culturally in the united states um Um, it.
3: it depends on where you are regionally the stigma that's one thing like i've traveled i've been to every state um the the different state to state in the stigma is wild really um yeah so like up here you can walk down the street smoking a joint and nobody cares Mm -hmm. like i i think people get more upset if you're smoking cigarettes around them up here than if you're smoking pot um but then i've been other places south carolina and where it's like, you what are you doing? Like, you should go to jail for a joint. And there's like a real stigma to it down there where up here there's still some residual stigma. There's, But it's just, it's every year you see it go away more and more and more and more. And there's less and less people that are truly against it. And... It's funny because everybody's like, oh, it's all the older people. It's all the older people. Man, come into my work. The, uh, the older people are some of our best customers. <laughs> like, you come in there during the day, it is, and it cracks me up. It's like, it reminds me like my mom and her friends. They're like, they, they all live in this like over 55 community and they walk together and like go to quilt stores and stuff. And they stop by the dispensary and it'll be like these groups of little old ladies and they're like just do they buy pre-roll they buy stuff that you'd never imagine they'd buy I'm like, wow all right and they like know what they're talking about it's crazy um so it's it's not them it's just i think it's how some people were just raised to just that uh, you, do you know, think somebody... it's more or
0: less kind of like politically let's been like put out there propaganda
3: uh i don't even think like there's no political i mean listen like there's still like hardcore right wing people that are like oh drugs are bad and we need to keep the war on drugs going but i think a lot of people have realized that the war on drugs is a terrible idea and and not just for weed like it's it's a failure across the board for all substances um all it does is create a black market and make things more dangerous but i i don't think there's anybody besides like old Republicans that are still holding on to like weeds, the devil, um, politically wise, I think both sides now, I like, I've seen there's been legislation introduced by both sides that are either pro cannabis or against, um, the right wing, like in probably your dependent on the state again, Cause like even Republicans up here aren't the same as the Republicans down South. So like the ones up here are fine with it. You know, they legalization has brought money to the state. They're happy. That's the one thing they all need to see is how much money it brings to the state.
0: Yeah. That's one thing I was wondering, cause I've been seeing like all some of the stats on like once certain states were starting to legalize it, how much it was like pulling them out of debt.
3: Yeah. I mean, pretty much everywhere mm-hmm. it's, it's a huge market um and the i say like especially mass how they wrote everything state's making a tremendous amount of money the state makes more money than the damn dispensaries do um just the cost all all the feet not just the taxes because it's not just the taxes it's the job creation including state jobs like there's a whole the ccc the cannabis control commission like they're hiring stuff like that um there's um, all the jobs in dispensaries, but then like the cost for all those employees, like we have our agent registrations, that costs a certain, and it costs quite a bit. To have like your agent regs and your training and all this stuff, and it all created all tons of different jobs. So not just the tax, but the job creation from it's been really, really good. Um One of the local news stations actually, my mom was telling me they just did a segment about it about job creation in the cannabis industry in Massachusetts and how it like blew up and yeah I I
0: can imagine because it just it breeds all on its own of what needs to happen yeah legalize it and everything
3: and like I said the state by not legalizing it you're crazy like any state's crazy right now especially like in this early days of it when it's exciting and new to people and they're like, this is when people are really spending the money on it. Um, I think, you know, the earlier you get in, the more you can capitalize off of that if you were a state government. Um, But like I said, the political climate up here really is just very, I, I don't think any politician in mass would dare say they were anti-cannabis <laughs> because they, everybody would be like, "Oh no, you gotta go." Because it's like I—I I think the majority of the state is on pay on the page because they saw it get legalized and get all the stuff that the anti-legalization people said was going to happen. Like, there's going to be dispensaries on every corner. They're going to be selling it to kids. It's going to be going to ruin your neighborhoods all of this stuff like none of that happened and if anything it's like stuff got better and these are like good businesses that give back to the community like every single dispensary does neighborhood cleanups does like goes above and beyond like that's part of having our license like it's all this community outreach stuff like that's all part of it and every dispensary does it, whether it's food drives or community cleanups and like not just cause it's part of their license. but like, cause we want to, it's like, everybody's like part of the community. So it's the best industry I've ever worked in. The people are amazing. It's, they actually care. And like, they just, it's a bunch of really good people in the same business. So why people wouldn't want them in their state? I don't know it's not this big beautiful it's not this big scary drug deal and thing that they thought it was going to be
1: no it's super inclusive like going to your job all sorts of people that work there and Mm -hmm. that's the cool thing about dispensaries too is i've never gone into a dispensary and have somebody be like irritated that I'm
2: every
1: time you walk into one you're like i want to work here everyone's Mm -hmm. so friendly they're so so enthusiastic they are like eager to help you
2: a
3: lot of that is uh, like then this goes into, this should be a lesson for everybody. Going to a dispensary, all the employees are happy. Um, if they're not happy in the dispensary, the management's probably not treating them great and you shouldn't go to that dispensary. But everybody's happy in a dispensary because generally the customers are really happy as well. So it's easy to be very happy towards your customers when they're super happy to be in there. Like the poor kid working at the Dunkin' Donuts drive through on Route 18 getting sworn at all day that's miserable to you handing his coffee is because that's all he gets all day. Mm -hmm. So, like, it's funny because even working there has, like, just given me a different outlook on all that. Like, I'm super over-the-top friendly to, like, every service employee I see. Like, no matter where they are. I'm like, oh, my God, how's your day going? Good for you, good for you. You know? And, uh then they you know then they're happy but they don't get that they're like well some of them are taken taken back by it <laughs> excuse me especially up here
1: yeah
2: <laughs> like, <laughs> you know. why are you, talking <laughs> why are you being coffee?
3: nice <laughs> <Are> you... <laughs> just take your coffee and go <laughs> so um yeah it's wild that's
0: pretty the- awesome i love that so much <laughs> So we have another question from somebody that said, um, what do you why do you think um, um, cannabis or marijuana is considered a class one offense right now still?
2: Because
3: the government never makes the right decision or, or, or not never, rarely makes the right decisions. There you go. And lots of people get paid to leave things places, whether it's lobbyists from alcohol lobbyists from alcohol
2: (laughs) big pharma
3: um, or the other people who are not interested in legalization because it directly competes with them but also have massive amounts of lobbying power i'm guessing that's i don't know this for a fact but i'm guessing that has a lot to do with it Um, that's my opinion on it i think it's a lot of politicians that are still making money off of people that make money off of other vices, you know?
0: Yeah. Um, We have another question of um, what happens if you get too high or um, what does an overdose look like?
3: Uh, It can vary from person to person. I mean, if you get too high, you could get like some anxiety. You can, you can get severe anxiety. You can get, you know, heart racing, sweating type stuff depends on your own reaction to it. Um, me personally, if I ever get too high, I usually just fall asleep is what happens to me. Um, but some people, it can be like a pretty terrible, like scary thing, especially if it's something they're not used to and they eat like 500, but again, it would take so much to be in that very uncomfortable spot. If you, especially if you're just, uh, uh, like I said, it affects everybody different. So it could be a small dose, I keep thinking of me and, like, the people I know around me. I'm like, no, nah, it would take a lot to get you there, but.
1: Think of me in edibles. When you're like, Yeah,
3: but even really you, when, even <laughs> you, when you had too much edibles, you just fall asleep.
2: Mm-hmm.
3: If we, like, put you in a corner, you would just fall asleep.
1: Yeah. But so. I'd be really weird and awkward until then. <laughs>
3: yeah, yeah. <laughs> but that's fine.
1: Like, more so than normal. That's not yeah. the experience with it. It's. Racing thoughts, a little bit of anxiety. Yeah. I like kind of collapse in on myself and get so deep in thought that like I can't hold a conversation with anybody that's around me. I just get I get weird. Yeah.
3: There can be, there's an even more rare, very serious reaction that some people have. Um, but that is more when you are like a regular everyday consumer and like at some point I it's got a name. And I can't think of it off the top of my head right now, um, but I actually just had a friend whose wife had to go to the hospital because of it. Because like you, will feel like you're like having a heart attack. You're sweating, like your skin physically hurts, and it's just like you have literally overloaded the receptors in your brain. And it's like that happens over years and years of use. And a lot of people, again, like I said about distillate pens that I don't like. A lot of it is they've shown. It comes from people doing that or a lot of concentrate use. So,
0: so who would not be like a good candidate, candidate for cannabis use?
3: Uh, I'm not a doctor. So um, I think it's great for everybody as long as you can, as long as you know, you're okay with it like this. I've seen it work for like, I've seen it help or even you just the for, magic for
1: yourself. I know I keep Follow saying ha- Patreon, like help and Instagram,
3: therapeutic doses, but let's be honest, YouTube some people just Viable want to get stoned too. Like, it, and I'm not against that either. Um, I think it can be used recreationally <laughs> very well. Um, and I, I've seen people with all sorts of mental health issues and everything. And it's all dependent on the person. It really is. And you have to know yourself and, if you think you're a person who might have like severe anxiety, just take it really slow and don't overthink it. Like don't convince yourself that it's going to give you anxiety. Cause then it definitely is. I mean, like whether it was going to, or not, if you're like convinced, like, Oh my God, I'm going to get anxious from this. You're going to get anxious from them. But that's literally, that's the side effect everybody worries about is the anxiety and like the severe. And that's, um, I think a lot of it is brought on by worrying about the anxiety. If you're not familiar with the substance, you know, because all you hear is these stories about like, Oh my God, I, I, cause nobody ever tells you like how beautiful cannabis is and how they love to just like, you know, sit and read a book and smoke a joint and just relax. Like you never hear those stories. All you ever hear is, Oh, I smoked this joint once. And and it was, It's like, you're a great aunt telling you, I smoked this joint once. And the next thing I knew, I thought I was here and I was freaking out, blah, blah, blah. And it's always these horror stories. And that's all, that's all most people have heard, like their life. So you have that in your head going into it. Yeah. It's not going to be a great experience. (laughs)
1: So
0: for a
1: user, would you say that like set and setting is important? Just like a low dose and a good situation with people you trust. Maybe a little bag of peppercorns.
3: Yeah, like give yourself yourself those safety nets. Um, And I think, you know, for a first time use of any substance set (laughs) place and setting has a lot to do with all of it. Um, Cannabis, I mean, just go outside, take a walk and smoke a joint. That's literally the best way. If you're ever worried about how it's going to feel, go outside, sit by the beach, take be in nature and smoke a joint and relax. And have that be your first time experience. And then you'll see how not scary it is. And like be somewhere that you know you're, you're good, you know, and that you don't have to worry about anything. Like make it so any of those irrational fears you may get just aren't existent, you know. So, like, just set it up so you're good.
1: And do you feel like there's any type of addiction associated with this or escapism? Um,
3: yeah. I mean, obviously, there's no physical addiction, but anything that's like part of your routine is an addiction. I, I whether it's running, whether it's drinking coffee, whether it's doing your makeup every day, like you know, it's all. Anything that's part of your routine can be considered an addiction. True. Sure. Um, can now being somebody who has gone through real addiction, like some like you know some pretty aggressive stuff, um, I I laugh at calling it an addiction because everybody's like, yeah, well you smoke every day, and I'm like, yeah, but I don't have to, and I regularly go like, and I go. I I don't smoke all it's not like everybody's like oh you work in the cannabis industry you guys are smoking all day no 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 no. this is a real business and like there is and if anything it's more serious and you have to be on point you're not consuming at work that's not a thing because we're like you know we can't consume on property anyways you know it's not like you can just walk around a dispensary smoking a joint um and it's like, there's a lot of rules and regulations and everything has to be very on point. We have to really be paying attention to that. So, um, and then people are like, well, you smoke every day. Well, yeah, I do. I'm like, but again, I don't have to. I choose to because it makes my life considerably better in yes. in many, many ways, you know? And, and it makes, and I do it for everybody else, you know? <laughs> <laughs> Because if I don't, I'll start telling everybody how I really feel. And then, <laughs> and then feelings get hurt. <laughs>
1: my rebuttal would be like, well, you take blood pressure medication every yeah. day. Same thing.
3: Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. It's, I take Motrin every day when I wake up too. Like, I have a harder time not taking Motrin than I, because I'm like, oh my God, if I don't take that, I, later this day, my back's going to kill. Yeah. You know? So it's, uh, and like I said, I've you know been through recovery, alcohol and opiates and a couple other things over the years and in my very past. And uh, if anything, cannabis always helped me because it was like, it, it still does give you that escape. You do, and I think humans as a whole, whether it's the high you get from running, I wish I had one of those healthy vices. Like I wish running was my thing you know but like that's not for everybody some people don't get high from running
2: i can't picture
3: it no (laughs) my sister though my sister dude she runs every morning and she like gets crazy if she don't run so um i just i i i'm not gonna give it up and it's helped me through like i said a lot of if it wasn't for that so perry knows i had uh fusion l5s1 in my back, I have degenerative disc disorder, and but for the years prior to actually finding a surgeon who would operate on it, I had some doctors who were like, "Yeah, it's in like it's in a weird situation. And we're not operating on it. You're just going to be." This was in the days of let's give perk 30s to everybody, and um, they were like, "You're going to be on these for the rest of your life." They're like that. There's no surgery that can fix this. There's no nothing. So I was on like very high dose opiates for years and years and years. And I was like, I hate this. I want to stop. I stopped cold Turkey, like train spotting, like quitting opiates. It was awful. It was a, and it was terrible, but I'm glad I did it that way. But the only thing that got me through that was cannabis. Like that saved me because for the pain and everything that I was still experiencing, because I was bone on bone in my back, you know, so, and then I found a really good surgeon finally and he, he fixed it right up. And, you know, that was over 10 years ago. Um, and, like, I've never needed pain meds ever since then. So, that was really good. And But, again, that, like, if it wasn't for cannabis being, like, medically legal in Massachusetts at the time, I wouldn't have had access to stuff like RSO, which is Rick Simpson oil. It's a very very strong concentrate and it's like one of the best for most medical like they they use it for cancer um end of life stuff it like really it's very strong but it's a full plant extract so there's so much in the cannabis plant that we don't even know about yet but when you extract it for like if you talked about Alabama like if they're going to make a pill that i am totally against cuz THC is not what is giving you all the medical benefits of cannabis. THC is what gets you high. And doctors and pharmaceutical like pharmaceutical companies are like, we got to make THC pills, and that's what'll be medically legal. Well, it's it's useless. Like what I don't need that. I need, you're gonna hear the words full spectrum. I need it full spectrum. Everything that the plant has to offer in it all these extracts like uh, keep talking dissolute because that's just like a THC extract. So like that doesn't have all the other stuff that the plant has. Um, Rick Simpson oil was um, made. uh, I don't remember exactly what the guy's name is, Rick Simpson. He came up with it. He was a cancer patient and a doctor, I believe, and developed this extraction method. It's a very strong extraction used it for years and years and years and it like kept him alive. So um it also works really good for pain. But because it's full spec, there's like stuff we don't even understand in it yet that works. So if it wasn't for having access to that, because I lived in a legal state, I would have like probably just been like, all right, I guess I am going to be on pain meds for the rest of my life. You know, and I'd and I'd be dead. Yeah, no, I'd be dead. So it's definitely saved me a few times, you know, and I've seen it. Oh, you hear you hear people now they talk about like California sober. Like, how many people do we know that have quit drinking, but like just smoke? And but like have had miserable failures at quitting drinking many, many times before. And then and then discovered, you know how great, you know, that you don't have to just drink. There's other there's other intoxicants that you can relax at the end of your day with because like the human you're like your brain needs a little bit of a break like reality sucks like there's no there's no way around that and what like i said a healthy one would be awesome like meditation running stuff like that but like i mean sometimes you just want to sit on the couch and smoke a joint too <laughs> <laughs>
0: So, has it like benefited you also spiritually working with the plant?
3: Oh, uh, yeah. Like, it definitely has made it, it's made me more open to a lot of things, I think. And just like, it definitely makes meditation easier for me, like, way easier, um, which I never really had issues with, anyways. Um, I grew up in a house. I was very rare circumstance of somebody my age, but grew up in a house that was like, my mom was a hippie, like they're sage in the house when I was 10 years old. So like, I uh, I've always been pretty open-minded on everything and just kind of just experienced the world. So, um, it helps with that. It really just that and like, you know, micro doses of mushrooms can also make nature way cooler and everything in life way cooler, but um, and like just easier to focus on and appreciate, I guess. It, it silences a lot of other things. So you can focus on what's important.
1: Yeah, I mean, I've always been pretty open since, <laughs> you know, that psychedelics <laughs> have totally saved my life
3: that that probably had more of a profound effect on me like spiritually and and i I, and i use spiritually as i i don't even know what to call it at this point because i don't know what i what i believe is real or not or anything it because i don't think any of it is (laughs) like that's the most logical explanation to me is that none of this is real (laughs) but um I think um, that definitely helped open my mind to seeing like to really noticing negative behaviors and not just negative behaviors, but negative people around me and like really had me like because that was one of those things. I'd be like, if I can't stand you, like it really lets you know that like you don't like this person Mm -hmm. and that like you don't want them around and you just listen to you and you're like, I don't want that person around me
1: no it's almost like your energy field rejects
3: theirs yeah it's it's wild
1: undeniable and it's
3: like super aggressive (laughs) like to the point where it's like i've been around people that i thought i really liked and then um them being like oh well i want to experience this and like people go to me (laughs) i'm like yeah i got you (laughs) And, and we'll trip and i'm like oh i really just don't like them at all and like they just need to be away and then i just won't ever talk to them again
2: <laughs> like, that's
3: aren't. it yeah. that's it that's it you don't fit with me
1: and for people who aren't like psychically sensitive i feel mm. like tripping with people will still kind of just like move that mask and you can see it people's yeah. energy and true intentions and it does that with yourself too it's easier yeah. to like introspect and be like Oh, I
2: can't can't do
1: that. And you you kind of cringe at some of your own behaviors and thought patterns, and it's easier to trace them back to where they're rooted from and be able to fix them and heal them.
3: Oh, yeah. 100%.
1: That and just like sitting on the beach tripping is (laughs) is pretty neat. (laughs) (laughs) It's like sensory.
3: Luckily, we are leaps and bounds, even faster than cannabis was being researched. We are people are finally interested in researching starting the research that ended years ago
0: i was gonna say they started it in like the 60s and then they even before that like yeah
3: um albert hoffman was the first one to synthesize lsd and then he was like a chemist and ate it in his lab and like wrote his bike home there's all his notes from it and he thought he died but in that that he was in the afterlife (laughs) but his but that was forever ago and then they're researching it because it is an incredible tool for people with ptsd especially people with like severe depression suicidal ideations like they just completely because of the war on drugs halted all of this research on stuff that could be really helpful for society and we don't know whether it will be or not. Like, I mean, you're seeing huge growth in like ketamine therapies now and like that actually working. And for years I was like, Oh no, that's horsey drugs and rave kids. But it's like, no, go sit with a therapist and have a ketamine session and like you'll feel better. I promise. Um, Don't like do it anywhere random. Like don't be snorting stolen ketamine from a veterinarian clinic, but like 100% everybody should experience going to, like, one of the legal clinics and getting it done. Um, They're, like, uh, psilocybin mushrooms are legal in a few states now. Massachusetts has, like, four towns that it's legal in, um, which is pretty cool. Um, Cambridge being one of them because of all, like, the research they're doing and stuff like that. So that's really good because I've just, i personally, like, and again, war on drugs did a fantastic job at making people terrified of any hallucinogens, mm-hmm. like terrified of it. even myself, like as a younger person, was like, Oh, those you'll turn you'll think you're a glass of orange juice for the rest of your life, because everybody has that story in their town. And um,
1: I've heard that down here. Really, yeah, I've heard that uh, down here, he, and I'm like, that is
3: really so, much, so every single like high school story was oh. My brother's friend or my cousin's friend took a whole sheet of acid and thought he was a glass of orange juice. And now he's locked up in the mental Institute. Dude, every town in America has that kid. And like, That's not how it works. Um, but like, and then also like psilocybin mushrooms at a non-hallucinogen dose is wildly helpful for your mental health and you're not even gonna feel it you're not gonna trip you're not gonna be high you're just gonna have a better feeling like i that's all i just everything is you're just happy
1: it's a good day it's a
3: good day yeah my favorite way to
1: describe that is when you're driving and the sun's coming through it's a warm day yeah. those are kind of cracked and your favorite song's on the radio yeah. and then you just realize that you're like oh i'm really happy right now
3: like, it's like that all day
1: and that is it's like yeah that that's
3: all, all, all it day. is all day <laughs> you
1: still high you're not seeing things no you know, like i'm in a good mood today yeah
3: no and that's i've been pushing for a lot of i've been pushing a lot of people that way i'm like you gotta buy the capsules you gotta especially again in mass now things are like so acceptable people open we're openly having these conversations with with people i never thought i would like i'm not talking like in my work circle like i'm having these conversations with like my like friends of my aunts and uncles and parents and things like that you know and it's like people are starting to see that oh maybe we shouldn't have stopped this research that's not to say that we should be out that everybody should be out there tripping but like we should definitely figure out if there's something there you know that can help people instead of just ignoring it because the government says it's bad
1: yeah, I agree. And it was unfortunately after I moved down here, but I was asked to speak at an event in Plymouth for decriminalized nature because mm. I had kind of joined that and gone back and forth with some of the people in the Massachusetts chapter. And I, I was considered a success story, you know? Yeah. I had my house that was an Airbnb. I had a business with an employee and I was like, you know, I will 100% vouch that I can do all of this and take small amounts of psilocybin in <laughs> my life. I can tell you the whole story of where I came from and everything I've been through and how much it's helped me. And of course I was down here, so I wasn't Mm. able to go to that, which was kind of sad, but it's true. That's just one of those things that people think they're going to see like a purple dragon come out of the sky and fall into a black hole. And it's,
3: it's not like, all right, don't give it like, so like DMT, if you're going to like go into the big world, that that will like, that's different. So, but like, if you're going to mess with like mushrooms or even even LSD, like LSD, you are going to get visual hallucinations, even with mushrooms, but it's more like geometric, like things just look different.
2: Yeah.
3: Like, is it's interesting? I don't know, everything's more interesting. (laughs) But it's not And the like, patterns are hard to look at. But if you're if you're just low dose, micro dosing, none of that happens. No, none of that happens. So I you just, you know, it's like a warm, sunny day every day
1: and mm-hmm. no. with mushrooms they've been um proven to help your eyesight there's mm-hmm. evidence that you know ancient humans used to use them when they were hunting because oh does- yeah
3: they talk about like hunter-gatherer society yeah yeah it was because it does it and i forget what the i used to know the exact percentage that it, it's like an extra 15 percent in your night vision and there's a God, what's it called was it tales from the trip not tales from the trip what was the other documentary
1: i've watched so many
3: i know he kind of gets into all of the hunter gatherer stuff which i thought was fascinating um
0: well yeah i think there's just what's that fantastical fungi
3: no but that's an amazing movie that, yeah. <laughs> that's really good um i just i like to see that there's more research on any type of plant medicine at this point it doesn't matter what whether it's cannabis psilocybin any any of that stuff and even maybe stuff we don't even know yet but like to stop the research because of laws that are just there for like very outdated reasons is absolutely ridiculous in my opinion
1: I just—I was promised a TED talk. Let's a
3: TED talk. <laughs> uh, I <gave laughs> a, I kind of went on a few minor rants, though.
1: <laughs> no, they're uh, good. <laughs> I haven't seen you in so long. A few is not enough.
3: <laughs> I know. Um, oh, dude, I had. What was I thinking about the other? I gave a big rant at work to to the kids the other day. I can't even remember what it was about. Um. I'm definitely going to have to come on here again, more more well prepared.
2: <laughs>
3: um, yeah, yeah. Um, I was talking. I said I was talking with the girls at work. You guys got to talk to some of the? Oh, the lady with the book. There for all these questions that you asked me, I met this very very nice woman out in front of Nican, and she wrote a book that. You can get on Amazon. I'm going to look at, don't, I'm going to stare at my phone for a second because this literally is like almost a beginner's guide to cannabis. Teach you how to dose edibles, how to grow, how to like roll, all the questions that people ask me. This lady was like, I'm going to put them in a book. And she's like, it's called, I think it's the Big Sister's Guide to Cannabis.
0: We'll have to put that in the show notes yeah definitely mm. oh and for our listeners that are a little
1: bit more into the woo-woo this book is great too it's called high magic and it's a bunch of different yeah. ceremonial uses for cannabis which are pretty cool too
0: yeah there's another book too um that i uh, recently just finished too let me look it up real quick
3: yeah it's it cannabis is, a yeah. big sister's guide anna may mead and mary mead I met her outside of Neekan. She was amazing. Older woman just smoking a joint. And I was like, I got to know her story. So so we were talking out front and she, she showed me the book and I'm like, I got, I got to order one and read it. And I said, I'm honestly probably going to order 10 of them and just give it out as gifts to people who ask me a lot of questions because I think it answers a lot of the things that like you, that in a very simple way, like, I tend to overcomplicate everything because my brain's really scattered and I, like, understand it. So, I, like, I'm not great at describing it in a simple way. This lady seems like she was pretty dialed in on that.
0: Oh, yeah, the book. It was uh, Plant Medicine Mystery School, Volume 1.
2: Oh. And so, it talks cool. about,
0: right. like, all the spiritual um ways you can work with cannabis ayahuasca and all the other like hembo and everything very and she's cool actually a facilitator that does all of this and she shows you like these are the people you need to work with and this is like these are how like you find shamans to work with and where yeah. you need to go and like it's it's fascinating
3: that's very cool i we'll <laughs> yeah. have to yeah, I'll also check things. that out yeah. yeah that's
0: a really good one so yeah, we'll no, make I sure we have read, all of so. this in our show notes too yeah definitely so Everybody can look it up
3: yeah i love reading especially stuff like that um i haven't gotten into anything good lately so <laughs> i'll definitely check that one out
0: I highly recommend it so um perry said you're gonna do a ted talk so we want to hear your ted talk about yeah, your previous lifetime
3: all right so so all right so we'll do um
0: do you want to take a break real quick and then we'll come back
3: yeah that'd be awesome okay
1: let's go ahead and take a break real quick to see the magic for yourself follow us on patreon instagram facebook tiktok and youtube at viable magic podcast